Welcome to SonaCast, a podcast from the team at Sona Nanotech Inc. Sona's unique gold nanorods will power next generation diagnostic devices and medical applications. In every podcast, we seek to learn more about our industry with expert insight and special guests. Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of SonaCast. This week's special guest is David Karlberg, co-founder of Kinematic Automation, a California-based company that produces custom automated manufacturing systems for diagnostic devices. Hi, David. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your professional background, and your current role? Uh, Sure. So um, I have a degree in physics, but I've spent uh, my entire career, you know, 45 plus years in engineering and manufacturing. In 1980, uh, I co-founded Kinematic Automation with with my partner, Ted Meggs, who is the most creative, smartest automation engineer on the planet, I think. Um, He's uh, he's been a fantastic guy to work with, and um, certainly over the last 40 years of kinematic, I've had the pleasure of being involved in some really cool projects and and uh, working with some really awesome people. Being here for those 40 years and doing the kinds of things we've done has allowed us to, you know, create some some uh, pretty clever and and uh, ingenious uh, products and processes for test rip manufacturing, uh, you know, including a number of, of patents. So uh, it, it's been uh, it's been a great ride. It's been I've had a fantastic career, and I'm uh, very fortunate to work with the people that I work with. Excellent. So you've already told me a little bit about the company then when it was um, set up. Could you tell me a bit more about the inception, how that all came together, and then perhaps go on to tell me a bit about you know the company's development through the years and and what it does now. Sure. Um, Ted and I started working together at a at a startup in the San Francisco Bay Area in the. Uh, mid mid seventies, I guess it was early to mid seventies, and uh, we got together in nineteen eighty and and formed Kinematic. So over the last forty years, we've been working together here doing that, and probably the last thirty five, probably thirty five more more than thirty five years, we've been specializing in automation for the test trip industry. Uh, we're we're global leader in automated manufacturing systems you know, development and manufacturing systems for rapid assays and other types of medical disposables. Uh, our customers range from small garage operations and startups to some of the world's largest diagnostic companies, um, you know, household names, basically. So we, we, we do business with an awful lot of uh, different different customers, all in the diagnostic space. Okay, so... You've talked about wanting not just to work for your clients, but actually partner with them. Can you tell me a bit more about that approach then, how that works in practice? Yeah, we, we find it, it's very valuable to, to the relationship to, to build trust and transparency by partnering with our, our customers as opposed to just you know selling them things. So, so um, it, we consider it a true partnership uh, in that... You know, we're we're there to support uh, everything they do going forward from the very beginning of a of a project, even in the earliest stages of of uh, developing a proposal. You know, we we start that that relationship, and I think one of our greatest strengths is the fact that we 
we build those those trusting relationships with our customers uh, in, a, in a true partnership, you know, and it's it's a give and take for sure, as partnerships should be. And what sets Kinematic aside from its competitors and, and others in this sector? Because there are quite a few businesses that would do similar things or provide similar services. Yeah, there certainly are. Um, we're probably most known for the quality of our equipment and and for uh, for our service. You know, for being there to take care of problems when they when they come up. We've been dealing with all the issues associated with test strip manufacturing process, and, and that we've certainly learned a lot. And we kind of like to say, you know, we've, we've we've been doing this long enough. We've made all the mistakes, but in reality, there's there's still more mistakes to be made. But, but we've we've certainly seen a lot. You know, in in the years we've been doing this, we've we've developed a number of standard platforms for test strip development and, and manufacturing. Started really in in blood glucose uh, back in the early '80s. Uh, you know, test strips for blood glucose long before lateral flow assays came into existence. Sure, and I mean, you, you've seen the development, presumably, of the, the lateral flow assay, uh, assay almost from its inception as the, you know, the, the over-the-counter pregnancy test right up to the present day. Um, and that's something that, you know, Sonar is, is now getting involved in. Could you tell me a little bit about how you've seen that particular sector change over the years? Yeah, certainly in the early days, you know, it was pregnancy tests and you know, a number of companies, you know, got involved in, in, in that er- arena and similar kinds of simple, um, you know, see the line kind of uh, confirmation tests. As we were obviously involved in blood glucose in the early years, you know, there, there's a big difference between blood gl- glucose. It's not a lateral flow device, but, you know, now there's, I don't know, thousands of different tests for things like infectious diseases, dairy, food and dairy uh, tests. Um, biowarfare agent detection tests are becoming faster, easier to read, more accurate. And I think, you know, the trend these days is toward multiplexing where there's multiple analytes being run in a single device. Sometimes that involves multiple test strips in a device, which can be challenging from an automation standpoint. The, uh, the trend is to put more, more tests on a single strip. And, uh, you know, that's, that's certainly... Uh, evolving all the time Uh, so does that answer your question absolutely yeah Um, and I think it's quite interesting you said about uh, customers asking for more in that respect especially when it comes to multiplexing how then does that affect you and and your processes and and the equipment that you produce are you having to innovate now you know more than ever probably um, we're we're primarily involved in traditional lateral flow uh, and we get involved in in some some projects for multiplexing using multiple strips in a in a cassette. We've not yet done you know true multiplexing on a single strip. Okay. What are, what are some of the other um, challenges that you're facing then, or, or the demands from customers? How are things uh, progressing f- for uh, you at the moment? Well, <clears throat> probably one of the biggest challenges we see is is scale up to high volume manufacturing. Uh, too often we see companies that have de- developed their tests based on manual assembly lines, and when it comes to automation, and you know they want to grow their volumes, they're restricted by some of the design decisions they made based on hand assembly. Reliable high-speed assembly processes require some some difference, differences in cassette design to ensure that the strips are retained in the housing during the assembly process. Uh, we we often 
see customers that are reluctant to make changes to their plastics, even though these changes can be pretty simply done. So it, it's, uh, I guess I want to make the point that it's important to, to think about automation early in the, in the process so that when it comes time to scale up, uh, these things can be done much more efficiently. Uh, that's probably that's probably the biggest challenge we see in, in in the automation sector is people want to getting ready to scale up when they haven't really thought about scaling up. Right. So they've not really considered the automation as part of their uh, growth process then. Exactly. Okay. And what are the uh, downsides of that then? If they if they consider it too late, what are they? What risks are they opening their, themselves up to? Well, here's a very specific example. You know, we suggest that. Uh, when customers are developing their product, they put features in the cassette housing that retain the strip so that when we do a cut-in-place process, the strip is retained, mechanically re retained in the cassette and can't easily come out. So it's, it's press-fit within features in the, in the cassette bottom. Uh, it's very important for the process, and, and too often customers aren't, uh, aren't willing to do that after the fact. Uh, they, um, it's a very simple mold change, but uh, often we see that, that uh, it, it's difficult for them to think about changing their molds after the fact. It's much easier to do if they think about this up front uh, before they design their cassettes. How do you see um, your business and the sector, maybe the lateral flow sector, developing over the next five to ten years? Well, certainly I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to grow. Um, new tests are being developed every day. You know, we get involved in a lot of uh, small companies that are in the early stages of development, and um, you know, new as uh, new applications, new formats. Uh, mobile devices are certainly playing a larger and larger role in in reading the tests. Uh, so I think there's going to be a, a lot of probably integration of a test to to more mobile devices, and um, uh, that's that's probably going to be a, a big push going forward. Yeah, and that's certainly something we've seen as well, the move towards, um, you know, handheld reader devices and, and mobile um, technology, smartphones uh, and the like. How does that affect you and your business then? Are you having to think of uh, of new ways to produce based on that? Are you, or do you just, you know, carry on doing what you're doing? Yeah, it hasn't really affected us because the, the devices themselves are pretty, pretty basic. It's, it's um, you know, it's the integration, the third-party integration of, of readers or, or smart um, phone devices that um, that allow automatic reading of those of the results. So, from the manufacturing standpoint, we haven't seen any anything yet. Mm, I suppose they developed to work around the tests that are already exist or that are being produced, rather than the other way around. Certainly, yes, that's the case. Okay. Um, so can you tell me a bit about what the future holds for um, Kinematic then in terms of perhaps upcoming products, new ventures? Well, we're, we're always working on improvements to our standard platforms, you know, making them faster, you know, lower cost, easier to use and maintain, uh, those kinds of things. And, and we're also working on introducing you know, a few additional products to our, our Matrix product line for, for the industry. Um, every few years, every, perhaps more often, we'll probably be coming out with some some new um, and improved process. We also have um, some internal, you know, development going on for some 
for some other things, but I can't really talk too much about those. That's fair enough. Um, finally, then, our CEO, uh, Darren Rolds, recently wrote a piece urging the diagnostic sector to take action on its use of plastics, uh, for example, in lateral flow test housings. Um, now, I've seen from your website that you're a company that prides itself on its green credentials. What do you think could be done about the the use of um, single-use plastics in diagnostics? And do you think that's something the sector is going to have to um, come to terms with over the next few years? I wouldn't be surprised. I certainly applaud him for, for pushing for that. You know, there's, there's plant-based biodegradable plastics that are coming into... Um, everyday use, perhaps that's a that's a way that uh, the industry could go. Uh, maybe there's some paper-based cassette designs that could be could be developed. Uh, certainly, there's uh, at least one lateral flow product on the market that we're aware of uh, that is completely paper-based, uh, no plastics whatsoever, no no films, no no plastics. Uh, it's designed uh, intended actually to be flushable. So totally biodegradable. Uh, maybe that's a good direction for the market is to, is to push in those, in those kind of innovative new, uh, new types of product platforms. David Kahlberg, thanks ever so much for joining us today. That's all from Sonacast this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. Also, make sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date with all the latest news and analysis from Team Sona. On Twitter, at Sona Nanotech. On LinkedIn, just search for Sona Nanotech Inc. And on Instagram, Sona underscore Nanotech. Team Sona will be attending various industry events throughout 2019, including the Lateral Flow course in San Diego, Medica in Dusseldorf and AACC in Anaheim, where we will be recording future podcasts. If you'd like to be one of our special guests, get in touch with us through any of our social media channels. Also, we would love to get your feedback on Sonacast, so please get in touch to let us know what you think or if you have any ideas for future guests or content. <laughs>